You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is happening, Chicago Bears fans? This is T-Formation Conversation. I'm your host, Lester Wildfong, and I have had to bring my guy in. Good doctor, Dr. Mason West, because the Bears injury report is massive. There's been a couple guys slapped on IR this week. So, you know, I, I know you're all already listening to his bare bones on Thursday night, but now it's official. I just want to make sure we have a chance to talk to him. So, so Mason, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. You know, I, uh, it was lucky I got to go play some basketball this morning. So, like, I'm feeling I'm feeling excited. You know, I got the competitive juices flowing. And, you know, even though it's dreary outside, you know, it's, it's fuzzy and warm in here. I sent you a text yesterday. I said, Hey, are, are you free tomorrow morning? You know, not too early. You know, I don't want to make, make, you know, mess up your day. And you're like, oh, I'm up at six playing basketball. I'm like, Oh my God. I remember those days. There was time in my younger years where the early morning, you know, the YMCA or the church leagues, whatever it was, had those really early uh, gyms. So that was fun. Do you play full court when you go out there? Or just kind of more, more just shoot around stuff. If we can get five on five, we'll play full court. Um, North Suburban YMCA, if anyone's trying to get some good games okay. in, got some guest passes. Um, and then, you know, obviously every time someone gets hurt because there's people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s who are yeah. not warming up right and all that. So then if that happens, we switch to short court. So we still get some fun fun games going. All right, right on. So so let's just shot, th- jump into this. The injury report is one thing, but let's talk about the guys we put on injury reserve. Yeah. Khalil Herbert, running back. We saw the injury on, on Thursday night, you know, a couple of Thursdays ago. Um, a, a little short pass, kind of had to twist himself. You saw that ankle. And of course, he's a high ankle sprain. And, of course, as Bears fans, we know high ankle sprain. That's that's the bad one. Um, they waited all week to put him on IR. High ankle sprain, man, that's, that's four week. But it, uh, that could be longer, right? I mean, there's no guarantee he'll be back after four games, is there? I mean, if you look statistically, the average for NFL players to return from a high ankle sprain is 11 weeks. Um, And again, that's the average, right? So you take, you probably got some outliers on the far end. You got some outliers on the short end. You tend to sit in that four to six week window for that moderate high ankle sprain. It really just depends on the severity of it, right? Is it grade two or grade three? Um, You know, I actually had put out there right after it happened. When you have that massive, we'd say dorsiflexion, right? The foot pointing down and all that weight that tailless bone gets shoved up between the fibula and the tibia, pushing them apart, and you sprain that syndesmosis. And the reason why it takes longer to come back from something like a high ankle than your traditional lateral ankle sprain is because every time you put weight down on that foot now, that tailless bone keeps pushing up into that space and over and over, right? You're just pushing those two bones out. So that's why it takes a bit longer. Now, can you do things to speed up the recovery? Absolutely. I'm hoping and thinking that that's what he's doing over these next four weeks while he's on here. Um, and at the end, you know, there are some external things you can use to reduce the amount of forces being put between those two bones on that syndesmosis. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the four weeks pass and he needs a couple more here and there. It just depends specifically on how, what his grade is. Okay. So, so we're talking high ankle sprain. That's something, you know, I know they talked about after the injury, they wanted to wait till the swelling to reduce a little bit. Is that something where they got to go in and, and x-ray, make sure nothing's broken, MRI, make sure there's no ligament damage. 
I mean, if there was severe stuff, obviously it was, it's a little something different with the surgery, but just high ankle sprain, I guess if we're thinking best case scenario, I guess, I mean, it's better than having something like severe, but still the possibility he'd be out for a little while is rough. But and then of course, you know, Deontay Foreman has been kind of just sitting there, right? He's there for like a few weeks, not playing. He, he was outstanding last year, last year for Carolina Panthers. I, I, I've talked about it often. I had him on one of my fantasy teams. So I'm very aware of the, the, the stretch, how hot Foreman got towards the end of the season. So I, I like Herbert. He's an explosive player. Foreman's not that. But I don't think the Bears running game is going to miss too much by having Foreman in there. They still at least have a, a guy they can hammer a defense with. Well, and it, it, Foreman is just unfortunately uh, a victim of timing, right? Because you have yeah. free agency first, so that he gets signed. And I, the thought process, I would believe, was to have Herbert and Foreman, boom, boom, your one-two punch. And then the Bears had Roshan Johnson fall into their lap in the draft. You know, whether it's a cost issue, whether it's just because they think that for, uh, Roshan can do a little bit more across the board, third down back, et cetera. Foreman just became the odd man out, and unfortunately, he doesn't bring special teams value. So that's yeah. why you have a guy like well, who was also on the injury report, um, the Homer, who's was getting a more of those special yeah. teams reps, maybe some third downs here and there. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the Bears running the attack really shouldn't miss a beat with him in there. You know, he ran for a thousand yards last year, um, and that wasn't even on a full year because they had to wait for Chris McCaffrey to get out, out of there. Darrington Evans is was the one that was brought up, you know, for, it's stolen off the, the Dolphins practice squad, and he was here last year, so he knows what's going on. Uh, so it should be fine, honestly. I mean, he's not as quite as explosive as Herbert is, but it should still be a solid running game. Yeah, I, I like his game. He's he's a good football player. Um, also going on IR this week was Equinemius St. Brown. And I don't recall him getting injured in the game on Thursday, but obviously something there that was like a hamstring, I, I believe is what it was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, injury reserve for a hamstring, you don't want to see it because, you know, some players can kind of get through it. That tells you it was a little more severe. You know, since he was put on IR, we're talking a minimum of four games. So in, in, in your expertise, do you think that's something that after four weeks can come off or you think that it may linger? I mean, obviously it's hamstrings, so these tend to linger, but the fact that he went on IR makes me a little nervous as a Bears fan. I'm like, okay, because you know, he's he's not you know a stud receiver, but he's another good football player. Yeah, I mean, you could play that game of uh, what really happened with the Bears offense. Is it circumstance that Claypool leaves and Anthony uh, St. Brown comes in? Yeah. Or is it just simply like the offense got better because they started calling different plays, more 12 personnel, all that jazz. Um, but, you know, you're seeing that a lot. And that's the thing that sucks about Thursday night football, right? Short week, you're playing again. It. It's I a quick it. turnaround, hard on soft, especially soft tissue injuries. I mean, we saw if you look at the list, there's so many hamstrings there. But, you know, a good example of that is Greg Dulcich, who was on IR for the Broncos, came off and re-aggravated his hamstring literally on that Thursday night game uh, earlier this week. And that's what it happens with hamstring. It's so finicky. It's it's a muscle that you need concentric control uh, strength. You need eccentric control. You know, it depends, again, just like kind of with the ankle stuff, what's the grade? If it's a one, two, four weeks, no problem. If it's closer in that three range, if you weren't, and we talked we talk about nutrition with that, like what's your hydration like, what's your nutrition like, so are you building, give the building blocks to be able to actually truly rehab that hamstring? You know, it could be two weeks. Cole Komet had a hamstring this week and he's, he's flying, you know, um, it could be six, seven weeks, just depending on the person. So, you know, it also depends on who, what you're doing. If you're someone that is a, a long strider, if you're someone like maybe like who's going to be doing more of the fly routes, things of that nature, it's definitely more of a, a bit more of a concern uh, with an equity St. Brown, just, He's right in that middle, right, where he still needs to be able to accelerate as a receiver, all that jazz. But he's not necessarily a burner. So my hope is that right after that four-week time that he should be able to return with that hamstring. 
at this point, his his role in the offense is more like a glorified t- tight end. He, he's yeah. out there to block. He's a, he's an outstanding blocker, very physical at the point of attack. You know, he he's you know when, when you watch him do a stock block, you know he, he has like O line technique where he's really got his hands in there really good. So it's it's fun watching him block. As it's kind of hard to say because he's a he's a receiver, but that's kind of what it is. And I want to ask you about one more guy who's on I who's on IR now, but he's due to come off possibly after this next game because that'll be his four games. And that's Braxton Jones, starting left tackle. I thought he was playing really good early in the season before he got hurt. The penalties obviously were a problem. Right. He has to clean that up. Um, it, it's a technique thing, so it wasn't like you know he was a bad playing bad. He just had a few mistakes here and there. But Braxton Jones neck injury. Fans hear that they're like, oh no, Tevin Jones or Tevin Jenkins had the the neck and, and he was out for a long time. You know we hear neck. You know neck and back are nothing you want to mess with. But there was no surgery um, that we know of. Um, who knows with the Bears? They could have been a secret surgery happened at some point, but but he's on IR for four weeks. They didn't make it sound like it was long term. So, so, what are some things that it could possibly be where it's it is somewhere you can come off the IR here and in, in after this next game? Yeah, there's a collection of things it could be, right? I mean, you could be looking at something like a whiplash. I know you and I talked about that. I believe the first week after it yep. happened, um, that's going to be a little more muscular in nature. It could be something as as big as a, a bulge disc, like a, a, a disc issue, which you're going to have that where it's called the annular fibers that are holding that disc in. Uh, they tear, you get a bit of a bulge. And what you end up getting is a lot of, first of all, pain, but also burning, numbness, tingling, you get sensation changes. And really the biggest thing in terms of just output is muscular weakness down the arm. Obviously kind of important as alignment to be able to have your arm available to you. Um, the thing that's interesting with that though is uh, there's a study that they did. I love showing this to patients because who come in with, hey, I have a disc, I have a this, I have a that, you know, I have facet issues that as you, yes, as you get older, the, the amount of disc issues, the amount of bulging disc, all that stuff, it gets more and more and more. But you may not have symptoms with it. So just because Braxton, if he does have a disc issue, that doesn't necessarily mean like, okay, he needs surgery or that mm-hmm. it's a, a death sentence. As long as you can get the muscles around that disc to be strong enough, be flexible enough, as long as you get the upper back, that thoracic mobility to be what it needs to be. And as long as you get those symptoms to kind of, you say, suck back or centralize back into just the neck, you're good to go. A lot of that, a lot of times, I mean, patients that I treat with disc issues, they're better in four or five weeks. So, and that's, those are people who are coming in once, twice a week, not a NFL player who is hopefully getting treatment around the clock. So I would expect that with, if he didn't have surgery, which seems like he didn't, he should be back coming off IR this upcoming week. You know, I think we kind of talked a little bit with, with Tevin Jenkins when he had a neck injury, you know, he discussed it in the off season uh, when he had a couple of press conferences, the stuff he did specifically to target the neck muscles, you know, the, the, he kind of changed his, his way he's, he's preparing for, for football partly because of his back and neck issues that he had in the past. And, and he talked about how he, he is confident that wouldn't be an issue moving forward. So Braxton Jones kind of in the same boat now. Like you said, it's been four weeks. He's probably getting, you know, targeted, you know, physical therapy to make sure he gets to take care of that area. So that that's good for Jones because I'm a fan of Braxton Jones. I like, I like to see him play. Um, I like his story. Uh, so I hope we can get out there because Larry, Larry Borm's fine. I mean, he he's an okay football player. There are some on social media that already anoint him the next starter. Oh, he's he's he should be the guy going forward. He's fine, you know. He, he's okay. He needs some help every now and again. He, he's a he's a situational blocker where he he's more going to get his body in the way of you. He's not looking to really you know move you off the spot. You know he's wide, which kind of helps him in the passing game. Um, but still, speed gets him like it does a lot of tackles in the NFL. So. I'm fine with Borum where he's at as your swing guy. He, he's a good football player for that. But 
Braxton Jones is clearly the better, better football player. So let's jump into this actual injury report because it's not quite as long as it was because, of course, the two guys popped on IR. Bam, I got a graphic today. But it is it is pretty lengthy considering they're coming off a Thursday night game. And we're going to start on the top here, you know, for you guys watching on Second City Gridiron. Kyler Gordon, um, broken hand. He did have surgery right after the injury against the Packers. He's back, whether he's playing with a club or not, you know, depending on the severity. I don't expect much uh, drop-off from, from Kyler Gordon, unless, of course, he is when we're in a big, you know, bulky club where he can't catch the ball. But you're expecting Kyler Gordon to come in and just kind of build off the, the offseason he had? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he heard all these reports. And when I was got to go to camp a couple times, I mean, he was one that was a, one of the top three guys consistently flashing. Um, you, know, you mentioned playing with that club. You know, we, we literally just had a linebacker playing in the NFL who didn't have a hand, and he got interceptions. So I think Kyler can pull that off. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. You know, I, I'm excited for Gordon. Another thing, we talked about the offseason they had, and, you know, we expect him to be a big part of this, uh, the secondary. So let's just stay with the secondary. Eddie Jackson, um, he's questionable, uh, but he has been limited this whole week. He's trending towards playing. I know when he's talked, he's talked like he's, he's going to play this week. But still, he didn't get a full practice in. Um, he had the foot injury last year that put him on IR. There was no surgery. You know, could this foot injury have been related to the previous foot injury he had? Yeah, I believe it was, in fact, the same foot that's keeping him out, if I recall correctly, um, based off of, you know, the the film looking back at when he actually got injured. Uh, it's just one of those things sometimes where, you know, there's just lingering issues. You know, are players keeping up with all the movement patterns they're supposed to be doing? We already talked about there's nutritional things that go into this, yada, yada, yada. And sometimes at the end of the day, football is football, where even if you're 100% on one leg and 90% on the other, even just that 10% discrepancy with the amount of force, how fast these guys are moving, the power that they're moving with, can just that's that's enough to have an injury that pops up. Um, it just seems like something that Eddie's going to have to manage just for the rest of his career. Not necessarily that he's going to get hurt every single year going forward, but just he has to be on top of it. Yeah, so if Jackson can't go, then you're probably going to be Elijah Hicks or possibly Deron Harmon, the veteran they signed a couple weeks back. Um, he, he didn't play last week because, you know, he had just signed. But, you know, so at least they have a veteran there behind uh, behind Eddie. So that'll be nice at least. Um, staying with the secondary, uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, he is back this week. He is off the injury report. He did get in two full practices. Here, here, we're, here we're talking hamstrings earlier. Here's another hamstring. Uh, he had a hamstring. It kept him out a few weeks. But now here he is uh, a full go. So you don't expect any since, – since he was full go two weeks in a row or two days in a row, you don't expect any lingering uh, effects from that hamstring. Shouldn't be. I mean, here's a perfect example. You know, he only missed a couple of games with that hamstring. He didn't have to go on IR. So you, in theory, you're saying that, that the severity of the hamstring in the first place, not as bad, easier to rehab. So the chances of him re-aggravating it are less, but they're not zero, right? Yeah. It's just something you still have to be conscientious of. And I know that there was a conversation originally before Terrell Smith and we'll get to him, is no longer playing, of rotating him in. And there was always conversations, was it going to be with Tyreek Stevenson? You know, is it going to be with Jalen Johnson? There was, you know, it's going to be with Kyler Gordon, but it doesn't matter. And <laughs> now it just spits out. Um, so, you know, maybe they had a snap count in mind for Jalen. We'll see we'll see if he's at 100% or not. Yeah, I mean, they have some options. The one thing is the Bears secondary, they had some injuries. So they had some guys that kind of come in and plug into play. You mentioned Terrell Smith. Uh, he was limited this week with an ankle. Then he was fine, good to go on Thursday, and then he got the uh, the unfortunate DNP because of an illness. I I'm guessing an illness, but they're already calling him out. We're thinking like a, a bad case of the flu, maybe COVID. Who knows? But the fact that he's sick and they're already saying, hey, you know what? Just stay home, rest up. Um, 
that's probably the best way to go if someone has an illness like that with Smith. But it, it does suck because, man, he was playing some good football. Yeah, and it goes back to the summer when there were these conversations where there were times where Terrell Smith was playing over a Tyreek Stevenson, and yep. people were very excited about Tyreek Stevenson. So the fact that he was able to do that really speaks. I know that was something that I was saying back when he was drafted was I truly felt that he fell way further than he should have. His earlier tape in his college career was better than the season right right before he came out. And ultimately, I still believe he's Jalen Johnson insurance if if a contract can't get worked out. So it's a shame, um, you know, because this is now his second injury stint that has hurt his progression. And hopefully after this week, he can come back and really there's a lot of football left this season. So hopefully we can see something out of him. Yeah, let's, let's bounce back, bounce over to the offense again. Uh, two more players are out for the Bears. We talked about them briefly. Uh, Roshan Johnson is out with concussion symptoms. Uh, Travis Homer is out with hamstring issue. Neither player went to IR, so I guess that's the good news. But we talked about it, man. Deontay Farmer is going to be fine. He's a hammer. You know, he doesn't have the explosiveness. Um, he's not as effective in the passing game. But Darrington Evans, you know, he, he's a shifty player. You know, uh, he's pretty good receiver out of the backfield. I mean, Bears fans know him. We saw him last year a little bit. He didn't get a lot of playing time, you know, but the little bit he, we saw of him, we saw, okay, he, he's effective. You know, it's we talk about all the time, and it's, it's a running back position. These guys go through, you know, a, a lot of players. They don't get the second contract. There are so many good tailbacks out there just that don't get chances. So I think the Bears are going to be fine here. You have no issues with uh, – let's real quick talk about the, the concussion. Lucas Patrick also has a concussion. He's he's questionable. I, I know you've talked about a lot of times, a lot of it is when they come out of the protocol. So I'm assuming Johnson's not out of concussion protocol. So Lucas Patrick was a was a full participant on Friday. Does that necessarily mean he's he's totally in the clear and he's out of concussion protocol? Or they let him do some things and they're still monitoring what's going on? Right. The thing with those Friday practices is they are not as robust, right? I mean, you're not doing these big team sessions where there's contact and all that stuff. Um, I mean, when you look at the normal progression in terms of what it should be in terms of return to play from pretty much every sport, I don't care if it's, you know, high school level all the way through the pros, you need to be symptom free for everyday activities. Then it's light aerobic activity, you know, a treadmill walk, elliptical, things like that then moderate, trying to get the heart rate up. Maybe you're doing a Buffalo concussion treadmill test, then heavy non-contact activity, practice full content, and then finally you're, you're cleared. So if a Friday practice was, for the sake of argument, you weren't doing contact, maybe it was just heavy non-contact, then technically he is a full participant. Yeah. Does that mean that he is ready to take a hit? Not necessarily, but we could still lean towards more likely than not, considering he was full, they're confident that you know, as long as nothing weird pops up today or, you know, before that game kicks off, that he will be available. So they're looking for no more some, no more symptoms of the concussion. When, yeah. he's, when he's back, he's working out, he's doing his thing. You know, they do the test where they have. And if, if there's no – let's – so the walkthroughs today on Saturday, no symptoms at all. He looks good. He feels good. Then there's possibly a chance he may play. And look, Lucas Patrick's your, your center. I mean, he, he's fine. Cody White here moved over. That was their plan all along. So he's a reserve lineman we're talking about. If he can go, he can go. If he can, he can't. I don't think it's that big a deal. Plus, he's not really that level of play where you're like, oh, my God, we're missing Lucas Patrick this week. I mean, it's fine. Um, I do like having your, your same five guys always playing there, but that's still a week away, at least for the Bears. So big report this week. You know, so you talk about it, those Thursday games. I've never been a fan. Part of it is because the injury is just, to me, it's just too short of a game. Um, I assume you're the same way. You're not a big fan of those Thursday night contests. 
I mean, originally, I would say when I was in, more in college and I had a lot more free time uh, on a Thursday night, I selfishly enjoyed it because yeah. more football, more better. But, you know, as first of all, I've gotten busy because <laughs> now I, I don't get home until like 730. So it's hard to catch them and I got to be up early. And so I barely get to finish them. Um, but just so from a more physical therapy, someone who cares about how the body works perspective, it's trash. You know, it's one of those things where it's just not enough time to rehab. This is a very physical game. Whether you're talking about the hits or you're talking about the load that the muscles have to undertake, the rehab time is short. The turnaround is short. These guys are back in the building. I mean, give a for example. Um, Cole Komet talked about this on CHGO in terms of, you know, yep. even looking at film. They didn't even really watch film from the previous game because they didn't have time. So, you know, same thing with the body. You don't have time to go through your normal restorative process you normally go through. And you're all of a sudden playing a game on Thursday. So, you know, in terms of the dollars and cents, I get why the NFL wants it. In terms of watchability, I mean, look at the stupid Chiefs game against the Broncos. That game was trash. That like, was why, bad, yeah. It just was bad, you know. But we watch it because we're idiots that love football. Football's king, man. They know it. If they have a game on every night of the week, fans would tune in and watch it, and uh, they would make it work somehow. So, hey, Mason, I want to thank you again. Thanks for jumping on. I know it was kind of last minute for you, but uh, so many injuries, man. I thought it was important we get out there and throw something out there real quick before we uh, before the Bears kick off on Sunday. Speaking of which, uh, Bears, Vikings, who you got? I'm going to take the, bear, <clears throat> the Bears. Let's in this. go. Let's go. It's the line, two and a half points, not a lot. The Bears are on a, it's short. It's a one game, but they're the upward trajectory. The Vikings are in this weird amorphous, like, are we tanking? Are we not? You don't have Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins loves to, I think he's averaging, I believe it's a 1.4 turnovers a game over the last, with seven turnovers over the last five weeks. It's their run game is trash. Their defense is very middle of the road. It's a very, very winnable game at home. Um, and Justin's one of those guys that when he feels good, he plays good. And I think he's feeling pretty good. Yeah. I, I was leaning towards bears even before the Justin Je Jefferson news popped. Once they said he was out, I'm like, Oh yeah, dude, this is a bears win. I'm pretty confident. You know, I think pretty much the whole crew at WCG, we all picked the, uh, the Vikings this week so, or the bears this week. I should oh, say oh, so. No, so it's a uh, it's it's a good one. I mean, the Bears get right here this week, then it's the Raiders, and then that's another possible win. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, the narrative is like playoffs, baby. So it's 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 there for it's. It's funny how quickly things change. We went from such a a sad first couple weeks of the season after such a high of the off season, and then just you know now we're back. We're like, okay, let's get a couple wins. That's all it really takes. I, I hate, and I understand why they do it, but I hate when they put the Packers week one because it has yeah. such a heavy emphasis for fans. Definitely it seeps into Hallis Hall for players. I mean, I remember when I was playing, you know, football high school at Glenbrook North up in Northbrook, uh, every time we played Glenbrook South first week of the season, and we always, always came out feeling slow and skittish, and it just it set the tone for the rest of the season. You know, you want almost like a warm-up game in a way, and the Bears never get that. They always get that funky, like, why are you throwing us in prime time? Why are you throwing us against the Packers? So it's all about the order of the schedule, right? You know, yeah. if you had the Commanders game first, all of a sudden you have a different vibe for the whole season. So let's, yeah. let's relax. Let's see how the entire season plays out. I, I think there's a chance the Bears are going to be back in, the, in that. Uh, it's, it's the NFC, so if if you are if you get two wins in a row and you're and you're sitting at three wins, you are back in the playoff picture. Yeah. You are back in the playoff talk for that last seed because the NFC is top heavy. The, there's not really a lot of uh, really really good teams. You're just kind of a bunch of okay teams, and you get hot. Justin Fields gets hot. He keeps us going. Who knows what happens? But but that's it. That's our time, Mason. I want to thank you again. Appreciate it. Until next time, bear down, my friends.